Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop alongside Michael Garrell, and we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And we're back for our final show before the season kicks off, 2021 season, kicking off Thursday, August 5th. It's We're down to single-digit days. We're down to less than a week now at this point. It's oh so close, which means Mike this is the time we've been putting it off for the past couple of weeks as we've been previewing the season, making our final predictions, making our bold predictions for this year. This is the time. Welcome one, welcome all to our 2021 fantasy draft and preseason prediction special. Mike, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Yourself? Eh, not too bad. Got a lot going on this week, doing some home renos. Uh, it's going to be a busy, long weekend, and then, well, football season starts. Looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, let's start off with the fantasy draft and explain how things how things are going to work. Uh, we did this last year. Uh, Mike and I ran our own little fantasy pool on the podcast last year. I believe I took home the crown at the end of the season, uh, but it was well contested all the way through. Uh, and the crown is back up for grabs now as we uh, launch a new season, uh, tinkering with it a little bit this year, Mike, uh, you definitely had some input uh, from the various NFL fantasy games you've played uh, over the years. Um, what, what can you say about the format changes we're making this year? Uh, basically we are pitting, uh, sorry, we changing uh, it up just a little bit as far as uh, positional requirements for our teams. Uh, we need to just one quarterback, uh, three running backs, three wide receivers. Uh, we can have one flats, which is a running back and or and or actually running back or wide receiver. And then we have one defense and one ticker each week. Uh, the only prerequisite is. Uh, but at least two of these starting spots must be filled by Canadian. Uh, we do have one, actually we have two injury spots. Uh, if and when we choose to place a player on an injury spot, uh, that player must be on the injury spot at least four weeks. If a player comes back after four weeks, uh, said player must be taken off of the injury spot and put on the roster and or uh, subsequently released. Right. So a 20-round draft here. Uh, full disclosure, we, we, we did the draft ahead of time two days ago uh, before recording this just because, uh, well, if we would have recorded that all, there would have been a lot of dead air time uh, that I would have had to edit out and uh, I didn't feel like doing that. So pre-recorded so we'll go through the picks we have made uh today and go through that all and then we'll be playing season-long cfl fantasy here um of course uh there's plenty of other fantasy options out there as well including the cfl on tsn fantasy football uh and the cfl pick'em at pick'em.cfl.ca get out there enjoy the fun of fantasy football join our public canadian football countdown leagues I'll tweet them out from our Twitter account so you can check them out, check the invite out there. Uh, Join our leagues and uh, take your shot at taking me down in some CFL fantasy this year. 
best of luck to you. Um, and I should note, uh, I don't even think I've told Mike about this yet, but if you're looking for more fantasy coverage this season, uh, I'm going to be putting a little more emphasis on that. You can check out, uh, go to YouTube, check out Canadian Football Fantasy Fix. Uh, by the time this podcast is out, the channel should be there. I won't have a video till next week, but I will be doing uh, CFL Fantasy recap preview week in and week out over there on YouTube throughout the season uh, as a little, uh, you know, way to cover more on the fantasy side of things, which we don't regularly touch on as much here on the podcast. So check that out as well. And it, uh, it should be a fun time. We'll see how that goes. That's when stuff right. You're touching on mighty twist. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, should we get this draft going? Absolutely. All right. Uh, since I did win last season, I gave Mike the choice of whether he would like the first or the second pick uh, in the draft. And we are doing a snake draft, of course. Uh, much like last season, Mike elected to take the second overall pick. Uh, what's the what What's the strategy in that? I don't know if it's a strategy, but I hate you know being the first person and picking everybody available. Um, well, it's a little bit different. I think to the, to the, just you, just you and I. But usually, I hate the first pick. I usually like to let the first couple picks go by and, and then see what's available. Uh, also, the option of picking two in a row uh, right off the hop is somewhat appealing to me. Actually, very appealing to me. Yes. Yeah, that's no, it's a good strategy. I do a lot of fantasy hockey drafts, and in general, I mean, first overall pick there, it's no debate. You're taking Connor McDavid pretty much every time. Uh, but you know, sometimes better to have those late round picks, get those back to backs. Uh, but in the case of the two of us, I don't feel too bad that I get the first and then the fourth overall pick. So let me kick things off. Let me get things going here uh, with the first overall pick in the 2021 fantasy draft. I'm going with a guy who led the league in receiving yards in 2019, led the league in receiving touchdowns. Uh, this is a no-brainer pick to me, a guy who is consistently the league's top receiver uh, of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Brandon Banks. Yeah, I, I like that pick for, for, for sure for you, uh, Ryan. Um, the CF one thing that jumps out immediately at me is uh, just there's a lot of options for, but there's a lot of questions also at the top of the draft. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there, there's questions everywhere. This season is going to be unpredictable. I think to say the least, just based on nobody's played for two years and clearly it's having some sort of effect with the 10, 11, 12, what are we at now for Achilles injuries around the league? So unpredictable year in a case like that, I got to go with the guy who is always money and that's Brandon Banks. No pun intended on the banks there. Over to you for picks two and three, Mike. All right, so for pick two, I'm staying with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I'm taking their presumptive starting running back, uh, Sean Thomas Erlington, uh, locking up a Canadian to my roster. I believe this guy's going to have a great season. Uh, 
being the number one in Hamilton uh, to definitely see a thousand-yard season uh, from Sean Thomas Erlington had spurts uh, being very, very good. And I, I think he's going to uh, find himself for a big year. Uh, with the third pick, I'm going to take from the Montreal Alouettes, their starting running back, William Stanback. Uh, much like Sean Thomas Erlington, I wanted to get some depth early on uh, the, the uh, running game. Yeah, these are two great picks uh, to me. Uh, two of my favorite running backs in the league. Ta- Sean Thomas Erlington, you know, only played four games last year, but had an outstanding first four games. And then he had the season-ending injury, uh, which led to Hamilton rotating through running backs a decent amount throughout the rest of the season. But if he can get to that same back to that same level of play, that's a that's a home run pick for you right there. And I mean, I've every year you hear me talk on the podcast how much I love William Stanback. Over a thousand yards in 2019 in just 14 games for the Alouettes. Well, they're playing 14 games again this year. I don't see why he couldn't reach that mark again. For sure. Uh, over to me to round out round number two. Uh, I will take the first quarterback off the board here. And uh, to me, this is a guy who uh, I think could be the MOP in 2021 in the CFL. And that is of the newly renamed Edmonton Elks, Trevor Harris, a guy who is consistently one of the top passers in the game, finished with the second most passing yards in 2019 in the league, uh, despite despite only playing 13 games, uh, 16 touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, he has that plethora of wide receivers available to him now in Edmonton that we were salivating over on the preview last week. Uh, Trevor Harris, to me, will be the top quarterback in the CFL in 2021, which is why uh, I am happy to pick him up this early, maybe a little early in the draft for a quarterback. I don't know, but uh, I wanted to make sure I get this guy on my roster. Uh, and, and for my, and to kick off round number three, let's go from one Harris to another and go to Winnipeg and take running back Andrew Harris. Uh, if you want to fill a Canadian slot, why not fill arguably the best Canadian in the game? There, there seems to be question marks around training camp time this year. What's actually happening with Andrew? He's been, been held out of a lot of practices. It almost seems like there's maybe a dispute going on between him and head coach Mike O'Shea. So I am maybe a little worried about the early season production in that sense and figuring out what's all going on there. But, you know, maybe after a week or two, like, I'm fully expecting Harris to play like he has been uh, throughout this season. You know, I'll be honest. I think the question for me, even at number two, was was uh, Harris's health a little bit. And I think that let him slip. But, I mean, for a third-round pit for you, that's that's a pretty good pit there. Over to you for your, your pick for the third round, Mike. Okay, for my pick for the third round... Kind of following along Ryan's tree with the question marks. Uh, some say it might be painting myself in a box, uh, but this guy had himself a good camp while Harris was not not participating. Uh, did suffer a fairly gruesome injury, which ended his 2019 season early. 
I uh, did spend some time playing football down in the States. I'm picking running back Brady Oliveira with my fourth pit. Oh, sorry, with my third pit. And with my fourth pit, I'm picking the presumptive starter uh, in the event that Andrew Harris does not play Johnny Augustine. So two running backs. A uh, bit unconventional pits, uh, but I did want to, with the flexibility of having a bench, uh, leave myself some options, uh, both of which are Canadian. Yeah, so this this one, Mike, I got we got to talk a little bit. Just pause here for this. I, I like the outside-the-box thinking on Oliveira, Augustine, especially if Harris isn't ready, because I think if one of these guys starts, they can have a great game. I was not going to pick either of these guys anytime soon, to be fair. I think you could have, you know, gone a 20th round, a 19th round pick on either of these. Uh, but we'll see if this works out in your favor. I, I like I like the outside the box thinking on it, though. I think you might have just gone a bit early. Uh, you, you know what? You, you never know, right? And and this is the thing about the, about the draft here really quickly. You never know what the other guy is thinking. That's for sure. That's for sure. And there's, as we move along, I'm sure there's plenty of picks. I know there's some that I wanted that you snagged earlier than I had them planned. So uh, that that's the way it goes with fantasy, right? You think you have a good take on a guy, you take them when you can. Uh, so over to me for my pick in round four, I'm going back to wide receiver and I'm getting uh, the... Well, the, the second best receiver in the league in 2019, and that's Brian Burnham out in BC, uh, just shy of 1,500 yards on the year, 11 touchdowns, 100 receptions. Uh, Michael Riley's throwing him the ball. Michael Riley should be more upright this year with an improved offensive line. I think BC is going to be better this year, and I expect Burnham to uh, fully replicate the high level of play he's been able to. Uh, throughout his career there in BC. Uh, and then moving on to round number five, I'll take my second running back and I'll stick to the prairies here like I did with Harris and go to Saskatchewan and take William Powell, uh, a guy that uh, I think will be used more heavily in Saskatchewan's offense this year, given all the injuries at offensive line. I think they're going to lean maybe a little more on some of those dump passes to Powell uh, maybe let him be the workhorse here with the run game a little bit uh, to take some pressure off of Cody Fajardo. Uh, over a thousand yards, twelve rushing touchdowns, which I believe was tied for the lead league league lead in 2019. Uh, I like myself a tandem in these back-to-back picks of Brian Burnham and William Powell. Yeah, you know what? I, I can't really argue uh, with, with those pits. Uh, with my next pick in the fifth round, I went to Saskatchewan. And I took Shaq Evans. I think he's going to have a big year under Jason Moss and that offense. Um, Shaq had a big year in 2019. Um, I believe he had an injury which may have slowed him down in the back half of that season. But, you know, Jason Moss as an offensive coordinator, Cody Pajardo as his quarterback, I am high on that Saskatchewan offense. The only thing that I think might hold this pit back a little bit is that offensive line. Uh, for my next pit in the sixth round, uh, I picked from Saskatchewan, a young Canadian, who I think has the chance to be rookie of the year. Uh, has a really good chance. 
of uh, being the best Canadian in the CFL. Although the division that he's in will make it very tough. I'm going sticking with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and taking wide receiver Braden Lanius. Uh, I, I have no reason to believe, uh, given quality playing time, but we might have a thousand yard receiver here in Braden Lanius. Yeah, that, you know, I just talked about the, the picks, you know, that maybe one of us jumps ahead of the other, not realizing. I had Braden Lanius uh, slotted in as a guy I wanted to pick in a later round in this draft. Uh, you know, you look at 2019 stats, he's not up there on the board obviously, but this is a guy Cody Fajardo himself said in camp, he believes can be a thousand yard receiver. And when, when the quarterback believes that you, you have to think, you know, that kind of means the quarterback's planning on throwing on the ball a decent amount, right? Uh, Cause a guy can't hit a thousand yards. The quarterback doesn't target him. Uh, so he could get a lot of targets thrown his way. A uh, great Canadian option at wide receiver. I like the outside the box pick on that one. Uh, as well as your pick of Shaq Evans, uh, who was one of the top receivers in 2019. Over to you with your first pick of the sixth round. Yeah, for the my pick in the sixth round, I'm going to a wide receiver who's returning to one of his former or to his former team, uh, and that is Darrell Walker. Uh, previously with Edmonton, went over to Toronto. Now he's back in Edmonton. Uh, that that. Edmonton passing game. The Elks are going to be throwing bombs down the field all, all day long. Uh, and I think Darrell Walker is uh, going to be a huge benefactor of that. Uh, 1,040 yards in the Toronto offense uh, in 2019. Uh, he's historically been one of the Elks' top receivers. I expect him to be very well featured in that Jamie Elizondo offense. Uh, and have Trevor Harris, uh, who I believe is going to be the MOP, throwing him the ball. Not a bad pairing there to have those two together in my lineup. Uh, back to round, uh, moving on to round seven. Uh, you've got uh, quite a few Canadians on your roster so far. I think I need to shore up my Canadian spots a bit and take the uh, uh, wide receiver, Jawan Breskison, who's uh, now out in Toronto after spending time in Calgary. Uh, I like this option. Uh, Breskison, you know, only had a couple of games in 2019, and I believe he suffered an injury there. But uh, in four games registered on the stats sheet here, three touchdowns for him, 168 yards. Uh, familiarity with Nick Arbuckle, with Ryan Dinwiddie's system. I, I, like, I like the potential for him to have a really strong breakout year uh, in Toronto this year for Jawan Breskison. Another one of those Calgary to Toronto connections for Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. Uh, over to you for your pick in round seven, Mike. Yeah, my pick in round seven, I'm saying uh, probably the second most important receiver in Hamilton. Uh, had a really good year in 19. I'm expecting good things from him. Uh, this year, he's not a Canadian. I've done Canadian heavy and not national heavy. Uh with my early picks, but I'm picking Braylon Addison of the Titans. I, I, I don't think there's a better receiver in Hamilton behind uh, Brandon Banks. I think uh, Banks and Addison will line up on the sides, and it's going to be the air show featuring those two. Uh, for my next pick in the, in, the, in the eighth round, 
I'm pitting another Canadian. I'm going out west to BC and pitting Lamar Durant. Uh, I don't think there's a better second down receiver, uh, more durable receiver that can uh, make big catches when called upon, and it helps. Uh, it helps for sure that he's a national, um, especially with Mike Riley or Michael Riley. Sorry, I would it would appear that they have shored up their offensive line, which will allow. Uh, for more passing, and you know, we we saw it when BC had an offensive line, they were able to utilize uh, fits in their offensive line roles in the back half of nineteen uh, to better distribute the ball. And uh, Lamar Durant, I think, is primed for some big things this season. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, I think, with both those picks. Uh, Lamar Durant, a guy who you know had spent some time in Calgary. Came over, I believe last season was his first year in BC, and he uh, got to be a more heavily featured part of an offense. 810 yards, five touchdowns, not a bad year for Lamar Durant. Uh, interesting to Interested to see how he improves on that uh, in 2021. Uh, I'm going to join you in going with a BC Lion in round number eight, and this is a guy that uh, should get a chance and will get a chance to be a starting running back finally. And I am so excited to see what he can accomplish. Uh, and that is Shaquille Cooper uh, was a member of Edmonton, uh, kind of the backup to CJ Gable, uh, but did put up uh, in four games, 352 yards and a couple touchdowns on the ground. He's a guy who likes to catch the dump passes, get a couple catches, get some reception yards along the way there as well. Uh, I, I think he's a guy who could be a thousand yard rusher in BC, much like John White was last season. I, I love, I love Shaquille Cooper and I'm so excited to see what he can do. And I'm happy to have him on my fantasy team, especially here, uh, in round eight, as we get towards the middle of the draft. Uh, and then for my next pick, uh, to kick off round nine, uh, I'm going to go back to Winnipeg and I'm going to take Canadian wide receiver, Nick Dembski. Uh, Dembski is a, I think a great option. One of the top Canadian receivers in the game had himself a fair, very fine season uh, in his own right. Uh, 543 yards, three touchdowns in 2019 uh, on 44 catches. It's kind of hard sometimes, you know, to tell, which receiver is going to get the ball the most in Winnipeg. So I'm a little bit worried there, but uh, having recognized we're close to midway through this draft and only having two Canadians and you uh, having taken some of the uh, better options available to me there, uh, I had to go with Nick Dembski here to make sure I shore up that position. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. You had the one of the quarterbacks I was originally interested in. Uh, I think one of the quarterbacks that you took in an earlier round is going to have an air show. So I took his, uh, somebody that he knows very well in round number nine, uh, that being Greg Ellis. And I think he's primed for big things. Everybody talks, you know, about, uh, you know, the Brestersons, the Walkers. I know Brestersons doesn't, doesn't uh, play for uh, Edmonton, but everybody for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, talks about uh, Darrell Walker coming back, and I think this guy's going to have that much of a bigger season as well. Um, in great, great, great Ellington, pardon me. 
10 speed bullets and my thumb's tied. But <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get around that. Um, and then I believe I have Benet's fit as well in the 10th round at the halfway point of this draft. I'm going all the way out to – all the way out – well, I'm staying, I guess, in, in Alberta. But I'm going to uh, southern Alberta, and I'm taking from the Calgary Stampeders wide receiver, Josh Hopp. Now, he's not necessarily um, one of those guys, but people go, oh, you know what, he's a must, you know, have on your team. But he pulls out these big catches in 19, and everybody's like, who's this guy? And he's one of those guys that I'm expecting to have uh, a very, very big season from enough to get me some production um, at that receiving uh, situation in Calgary. Yeah, he's a guy that came on second half of the season. And, you know, one of those Calgary had so many injuries at wide receiver. Huff finally got in the lineup, uh, only played 10 games, I believe. Uh, 491 yards in 10 games. That's that's not a bad season right there. I like the pick. And with, you know, some of the guys like Eric Rogers moving on from Calgary, uh, he's only going to get more targets thrown his way. So uh, an excellent pick and another uh, wide receiver in the Calgary system that's uh, going to be having a coming out party this year. Uh, and, and then just to touch on Greg Ellingson before we move on, I mean, he is as good as it comes. Uh, at the receiver position, 1170 yards, uh, 86 catches in 2019. And like you said, with Darrell Walker and Armani Edwards coming in, you have to think that uh, maybe that's going to open things up a little bit more for Ellingson to have an even better season this year. Moving on to my pick for round 10. uh, This one I would say is probably one of my more outside the box picks in, in this draft. Um, you know, probably nine out of 10 people would tell you to stay away from Ottawa uh, this season when it comes to fantasy picks, uh, just based on, you know, all of the things they, you know, they struggled last year. They did bring in some new pieces, sure, but they had half their offensive line basically retiring or not playing this year. Um, so you, you they lose Brad Sinopoli. You think maybe this isn't going to be the best year for Ottawa, but this is a guy I think could have a good season. Uh, Timothy Flanders, the running back for the Red Blacks this year. He's been out of the game for a little bit. Uh, spent some time in Winnipeg's backfield, kind of had a dual back system with uh, Andrew Harris here. Uh, I know Lapo is a fan of him, obviously, from that time. I, and I believe he obviously played with Matt Nichols as well. To me, this is all about how Paul Apolise is a guy that likes to kind of get the interesting plays in his offense, you know, use his offense in different ways. I think he's going to have a lot of check down passes from Nichols to Flanders. uh, And assuming Ottawa can stay in games early on and doesn't have to, you know, just resort to the passing game, he should get a healthy dose of carries there as well. So give me your running back, Timothy Flanders in round 10. And then moving on to round number 11, uh, I liked your pick of Josh Huff. I like the Calgary receivers. Uh, I have to go with the guy who I think is the best receiver in Calgary. He didn't play in in 19 due to injury, uh, but it's Kamar Jordan. 
And I think I said this when I drafted him last year before his season ending injury, but I will never get that Kamar Jordan 230 yard game against the Bombers out of my nightmares. Uh, that he is an explosive receiver. He can dominate the game. Uh, and I think he will be heavily featured uh, in that offense uh, with Bowie by Mitchell throwing him the ball. I agree with that, and I think that nightmare can be ended because we won the Grey Cup. I have, to, I have completely personally forgotten about that game. Um, the game that rings in my head is the one that we won in November against the Caps, but that's just me. Uh, with the first pick to be 11th round for me, this gentleman going to be throwing those aftermentioned ties to football. Uh, interested to see how he comes off the year off. I think it'll help this guy because he missed some time in 19 due to injury. But I think he's primed for a big year. That's my first quarterback taken. And I'm going to take Foley by Mitchell. Uh, with my next pick in the 12th round, I'm going to take a guy that I think he's going to be up there for West Division most outstanding player. As well, I think he's primed for a big year with his new offensive coordinator. I'm going to Saskatchewan and taking Cody Pichardo. Yeah, two back-to-back quarterbacks here for you, Mike. It's uh, it's interesting to me because it's two guys that I'd say is the opposite end of the spectrum. You know what you're getting fantasy-wise from Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, you're getting steady production every single week. Uh, and Fajardo, I think, would you agree, is a guy who has a really high ceiling, but it's been one year of him as a starter and we're interested to see what he brings uh, in his sophomore season. So to say, not his real sophomore year, he's been around for a while, but as a starter. Yeah. And that's kind of giving me some pause for thought now that I think about it that way, but I, I'm going to stick with him. I, I think, I think he's primed for good things. And plus I always need, I think realistically, I could see Bully by Mitchell being my starter for my team, and it's nice to have a backup option. Absolutely. Again, yeah, only need one quarterback starting each week, and you've got some great options available to you. Uh, since you took back-to-back quarterbacks, I feel like I need a second one on my roster here. And, uh, you know, I paired the tandem of Trevor Harris and Darrell Walker earlier. Uh, why not pair another tandem here uh, and go to compliment Brian Burnham? I'm going to take Michael Riley out in BC. Uh, is consistently one of the top passers in the game. Is uh, has many times over the past you know several years, past decade, I would say, is considered one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Had a bit of a down year for his own standards, so to say, like for the level we're used to from him in 19, but. I think a lot of that was the offensive line issues. He was on the ground all game uh, because they just couldn't keep him upright. Uh, I think they've improved their offensive line by bringing in a guy like Riker Matthews. I think they've, uh, you know, the change they made at, uh, at offensive line coach midseason seemed to have helped them there as well. Uh, I think he's going to have a bounce back year and we're going to see typical Michael Riley numbers in 2021 for a much improved BC team, I I think. Uh, And then to kick off round number 13, I'm going to Toronto and I'm taking uh, former BC running back, John White. I think that Toronto's offense is going to be much improved this year. I think that with all the pieces they've brought in, I think they're going to 
last season was all passed for them because they were behind in so many games. I mean, McLeod Bethel Thompson and James Franklin and, uh, you know, the other guys, Dakota Prukop, I think, got some playing time in there. Uh, they were throwing the ball most of the time. They had, like, no run game in Toronto. But, you know, Ryan Dinwiddie comes over. He brings in some receivers. He brings in his quarterback that he's worked with in Arbuckle. Uh, I have to think he's going to lean on a veteran like John White to maybe take some heat off of him in the first couple weeks of the season. So, I like John White, a guy who can still hit a thousand yard seasons as my latest running back option. Yeah, for my first pick in the 13th round, everybody talks about the fireworks and the toys that Trevor Harris has to throw the ball. Now he's got a nice option to run the ball when they so choose. I think that's one of my most interesting things about. The Edmonton Elks is that they didn't really run the ball all that much in 19. I'm hoping that changes this year, but that's not going to change my pit. I am pitching running back James Wilder Jr. as one of my running backs. And in pit number 14, I'm going a little bit off the board. This guy's not even a starter on his team, but he's featured in several packages. I'm going with Antti Milanovic, leader of Calgary, another national player who I think is going to get an up in uh, running back time this year, especially. But I would expect him to start the season behind uh, another guy by the name of Kitty and Terry. But I'm thinking more long-term second half of the season for my team now. Yeah, Milanovic leader, a guy who uh, quite often lines up at the fullback position and is used there. But I know with all the injuries Calgary had at running back in 19, he uh, he did get some playing time down there down the stretch. And uh, he did have some good games in that time as well. So not a bad pick there. Uh, maybe a bit outside the box, but uh, I get what you're going for there with that pick. And another Canadian to fill your slot there as well if you need. Moving on to my pick in round 14, I'm going with a guy that I would maybe go and say is the most unspoken of thousand yard receiver in the league. Um, I feel like he gets overshadowed a lot and that's a guy who's going from Toronto coming over to that Edmonton offense. I'm so high on and that's Armani Edwards. Uh, I think he got overshadowed a little bit by SJ green and Darrell Walker in Toronto last season. Uh, he may he may get overshadowed a little bit by uh, Darrell Walker and Greg Ellingson here in Edmonton, but hey, that just means, you know, maybe the coverage isn't as tight, and I could see Harris throwing him the ball a, a fair amount as well in another outstanding season for Armonte Edwards. And in round 15, to kick things off there, I'm going out to Calgary, uh, and I am taking wide receiver Hergie Mayala. I need another Canadian. I'm a little short at the, at the when it comes to nationals so far in this draft, uh, especially compared to you. Uh, I like Hergie Mayala. I think he has the potential to be used heavily in that offense this year. 11 games only, but 562 yards and five touchdowns in 2019. A uh, couple guys out from that offense there in Calgary. I, li- I like the option of Myala this year with no Eric Rogers, no Reggie Bagleton, 
uh, I like him being more heavily used there this year and think he'll have a great season. Absolutely. And I'm pitting the die. He's going to have a bit of a breakout year in my mind. He's a national player. Uh, with my first pit of the 15th round, Levi Noel. And for my first pit in the 16th round, I, I thought I had browned out my quarterback depth chart. Although I was found out after, but most teams are only usually dressing two quarterbacks this year. However, I'm going to take the third. He's a little bit of a question mark right now due to injury at the time of this recording. But that's okay because I have some serviceable uh, quarterbacks ahead of him on my depth chart. I'm going to take former Calgary Stampeders quarterback and now the quarterback in Toronto, Nick Arbuckle. Yeah, Levi Noel, a guy who can uh, have himself a very fine season. Uh, 2019, only 259 yards, uh, but 2018, he had 512. That's not a bad season, uh, especially for a 15th round pick here. Uh, and then Nick Arbuckle, um, of the quarterbacks that have changed teams, Mike, do you think, uh, you know, I'm looking at Arbuckle, I guess it's really only Arbuckle and Matt Nichols. Uh, you're higher on Arbuckle, obviously, right? Yeah, but again, he comes from that Calgary system, right, with Dinwiddie. Um, the only way I would have is that, you know, we, we, we bought quarterbacks with look good on different teams because they were good on their teams only to find out they were in systems that allowed them to be good. And outside of that system, I uh, wound up becoming very average, but I don't think that's going to be the case with Nick Arbuckle. Moving on to my pick in round 16. Uh, in normal situations, it would be, I think, absolutely appalling that this guy fell to me in the 16th round of the draft. Uh, he's a guy that I, I believe was not last year, but the year before was uh, either an MOP nominee or the Eastern nominee. Um, he got injured last season and did not play down the stretch. Talk about Jeremiah Mazzoli, only six games last season, uh, 1,576 yards for him. Uh, he is one of the top passers in the game. Uh, he's playing on a Hamilton team that went 15 and three and has the four-picked Brandon Banks, Braylon Addison, et cetera, at his disposal. In in most years, this should be a guy that goes in, in the top couple rounds, right? But Dane Evans also had himself an almost MOP quality season uh, in 19 as well after Mazzoli went down. So there's a lot of question marks right now of which one of these guys is getting the bulk of the starts this year. I believe it's going to be Mazzoli. Uh and, you know, with already two high-quality quarterbacks and Harris and Riley on my roster, uh, in Week 16, this seems like a really buy-low, reap-the-rewards type pick to me. To If Mazzoli's a starter all year long, he could be one of the top quarterbacks in the game. Uh, and yeah, then Can't argue with that pitch. And then in round 17, uh, I'll pick up another running back here. Uh, you know, the starting running backs are, are looking slim around the league. I believe this is the only one so far that has not pit, been picked yet. Uh, so I'm going to go to Calgary and take Kadeem Carey. Uh, Carey had himself, uh, you know, eight games, 422 yards, a couple touchdowns along the ground in uh, his last season, uh, he will be the starter this year, I believe. Uh, and I, barring injury, I think it's a, maybe a bit of a less crowded backfield. No Don Jackson. 
uh, in his way there. Uh, I liked, he's another guy along the same thing with, you know, Shaq Cooper, Tim Flanders, another option for me where I think it's a running back that could have a breakout year. Absolutely. And yeah, there's between him and Milan a bit leader. I just wanted to go to the national route between those two. Uh, for my first pick, the Browns 17. Uh, I'm going to take from a Winnipeg Blue Bomber, and I think this guy's going to have a big season. Uh, wide receiver Kenny Lawler. I fully expect this guy, if healthy, to have a thousand yard season, uh, maybe closer to 1,250 yards. Um, I, I think we're going to see a bomber team which is going to throw the ball a little bit more with, with uh, quarterback in Zach Lawless, but let's throw the ball. Uh, so I took another bomber receiver in uh, round number 18 by the name of Darvin Adams. Everybody knows what Darvin Adams can do. Uh, I think he fell this low just because of the injury concerns. He did sustain an injury uh, in camp. Uh, there is a bit of a question mark at the time of this recording, uh, but he'll be available in uh, for, for week number one. But by all accounts, uh, People that I've talked to at camp say that uh, the Bombers are going to have a pretty deep receiving core um, this season. Yeah, Waller and Adams, I like that. Uh, The two leading receivers, I believe, for Winnipeg in 2019. Um, 637 yards for Lawler, 549 for Adams, who did miss some time that season as well. So we'll see how heavily Winnipeg does go to the pass this year. I'm going to take the first defense off the board. We're down to the final five picks of the draft. We both need a defense and a kicker yet. Uh, and then I have one other spot as well. Uh, but since that's all you need, I might as well go defense and kicker before you and take my pick. Uh, I'm going with the Bombers defense. A defense that's, you know, typically bend but don't break. They may give up a lot of yards. There may be games where they give up a lot of points, which I'm a little worried about. Because uh, much like TSN, CFL Fantasy, we are going to, uh, you know, defensive points are a little bit based on the number of points your team allows. But I think if you're looking at any defense in the league who can put up sacks, interceptions, uh, et cetera, uh, I'm looking at a team like Winnipeg when you've got guys like Jackson Jeffcoat and Willie Jefferson on your line and a uh, Adam Big Hill anchoring the middle of your defense. Uh, this is a defense that makes big plays. So maybe a little bit worried about the, uh, the changes in the defensive backfield this year. Uh, you know, no, no Winston Rose, no Marcus Sales out there, but uh, I'm fully expecting some young guys to step up. So give me Winnipeg's defense. And then for my kicker, uh, I'm going with a guy who is as good as they come at the kicker position. Uh, who could forget when he was going on his record-breaking streak? It's Lewis Ward from Ottawa. Uh, fell back to earth a little bit last season, 86% uh, on his field goals. Uh, but he did have six from 50-plus yards, uh, 13 from 40-plus yards. So, uh, you know, that's going to rack up some points for me there a little bit. I also think Ottawa's offense is going to be improved and move the ball down the field enough that they get in good Lewis Ward field goal territory quite often. I don't know if they'll put TDs up on the board a whole lot necessarily, but that should lead to points for me with Lewis Ward. 
Yeah, my set, I have two more pits in 19 and 20. I need a pitcher at a defense. So I'm going with the David. I think he's going to be one of the top pitchers in the league this year. Renee Paradis of Calgary. Uh, you took Lewis Ford. He would have probably been my option given the, the choice. But, uh, you know, Brett Lauder was a little bit inconsistent. Uh, but I, I think uh, as far as consistency goes behind Justin Madlock, I think Renee Paradis. Uh, does the trip there and for my defense I'm gonna get the Hamilton tighter chat. I really think that uh you know we have the top two defenses in the lead uh, to start the season. Could be proven wrong, but uh no I, I really like I think what we're gonna see from Hamilton's defense this year. Yeah, I will say uh, we may get some angry comments based on what you just said there about the top two defenses in the CFL. I think a lot of people are like, well what about Saskatchewan? Consistently, they are one of the top defenses in the league. But uh, at this point in time, and you may see me pick them up later in the season, they've lost so many pieces this offseason. They've had so many injuries. I'm a little hesitant there on Saskatchewan as of right now. Just yeah, to... and, and that, that honestly, too, Ryan, when the pit was made, too, was, was my debate back and forth. But kind of went with the known versus the unknown at this point. For sure. Well, to close out the draft, the final pick, pick number 40, I had so many options available to me, so many guys I wanted to go with here. Um, But let's go with the guy who put up over 1,000 yards on a not very good Ottawa team in 19. He's going over to BC, pair him with Brian Burnham at the top two receivers there, pair him with my quarterback, Michael Riley. I'm going with Dominique Rhymes. I think this guy has the ability to be one of the most dominant receivers in the game. Uh, really huge coming out party in 19. Uh, only 303 yards in eight games the year before. 1,056 and five touchdowns. Uh, I hope he gets featured as heavily out in BC. And I think he has the potential to... Uh, to pick me up a lot of yards, huge receiver, six foot four. You know, Michael O'Reilly loves to throw those uh, deep bombs down the field and uh, not many better options out there to come and uh, bring one of those down and take it in for a TD. Well, that does it for the fantasy draft. Um, Mike, how do you feel about you did how you did? What was your strategy coming into this? How do you feel about your team? Well, how I feel about my team in week one is going to be different about how I feel my, my about my team in week 17. But for now, uh, my strategy with the ball club on the running backs and the receivers where the ball to the points are going to come from. Uh, early on, trying to go with some consistency. Uh, defense and kickers, a little bit less, op- more options there, could have afforded. Uh, a couple of outside the box fits, uh Still some decisions, by the way, to make for week one in my starting lineup. For sure. Um, looking at the breakdown uh, team, for the the teams we've selected players from, it looks like Calgary and Winnipeg had seven players picked in total from each. That is the most. We've got a couple teams at five. Um, Montreal Alouettes fans might be calling in, Mike, and asking, hey, what the heck? Did you guys even talk about uh, my team? Where are my players? Uh, well, you did take Stan back in round two. He's the only Alouette taken. Uh, and, and to that, I'll say uh, that is not for lack of talent. 
on Montreal's team. There were countless times throughout this draft I was looking at that group of wide receivers thinking, oh, I want to take one of these guys. Oh, I want to take one of these guys. The problem is I just don't know which one to take. Uh, Eugene Lewis, Quan Bray, BJ Cunningham, Jake Weineke, who I know you're a huge, uh, a huge fan of. Uh, they're all great options there. I think Vernon Adams Jr. could be an MOP candidate uh, if he replicates the play he had last season. Uh, it's not for lack of talent that none of these guys on Montreal were picked, certainly. And we may come to regret those picks, and we may, you may see us add them up to our teams uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and you know what? This is the starting. I'm curious to see whose team remains the most intact. Mm. That's a good point. We will but see. Any, anyway, quit finger versus slow finger versus showing patience, right? Absolutely. Uh, so that is it for fantasy. Again, check out uh, Canadian Football Fantasy Fix on YouTube for weekly fantasy content uh, and uh, also join our public leagues on TSN Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. Uh, just search the Canadian Football Countdown there. Mike, let's quickly move on to our season predictions. I don't think we need to go too in-depth, obviously, on each team because we've done that the last two weeks. Check out those episodes of the podcast. Uh but let's start with the East Division. Give us your four-team ranking from top to bottom of where you have teams finishing in the East, and then tell us why. With, with the records? Uh, up to you. Sure. Okay, to, the, to the I, I didn't put records to some of these, but uh, I, I can give it a shot. All right, so first in the East, I have the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I know I may have said differently earlier on, but I used some common sense. I think the Tiger Cats are going to finish 12-2. and two. Um, Not too many games that they're going to lose this year, I don't think, uh, barring injury. Uh, second place, bit of a surprise, but not really. I have the Toronto Argonauts finishing second. They're going to be have nine... Nine or so wins, nine or ten wins. I, I keep going back and forth. Uh, maybe eight, eight, eight. I have Toronto actually in the eight to ten range. Uh, I kept thinking that it's a 17 game season, but that's uh, 14 game season. So eight to ten wins for Toronto. I have Montreal finishing third, and then I have Ottawa finishing fourth, which is uh, the amount of uncertainty. Well, I have you, I have pretty much the same thing as you. I've got Hamilton in first. Uh, I'm thinking something like an 11 and three uh, or a 10 and four. I think that the couple teams will steal some games from them. I have Toronto in second. I did make that bold prediction uh, on our East preview that I think they could challenge for second in the league. Uh, I've got Toronto also at uh, eight or nine wins, I think, maybe like a nine and five this season. Uh, Montreal in third at uh, about a seven and seven, uh, maybe an eight and six. Uh, and then, yes, I do have Ottawa still, I think, has a long way to go here. Uh, and I'm predicting uh, maybe a three or four win season for the Red Blacks this year in the shortened season. Um, so we seem to be along the same lines there. Obviously, Hamilton super consistent. Uh don't expect to drop off. We seem to be expecting improvement from Toronto, maybe as a result of that, a bit of a regression from Montreal, and then uh, more of the same from Ottawa. Uh, 
Is that a fair summary? Yep. All right, let's move out west. This is the division that I was trying to put off, trying to making predictions for as long as possible because I think it's a mess to predict. Uh, I've been thinking about this all day and I still am not confident. One of these teams, at least, maybe two of them are going to miss the playoffs. Um, where you go first here? Give me, give me another, give me another like thirty seconds to think. Ah, you to do, you to do the same. But ah, uh, here it goes. I that. Jeez, uh, I don't even know still. Um, no, do you want I me to? Do you want me to go first? I, uh, you know what? I'll go first. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll give you the thirty seconds. Okay. Give me Calgary in first place. I think this is going to be a crazy tough West division and Calgary is uh, consistently one of the top teams in the league. So if you're going to bet on a coin flip, bet on a red coin flip, a red coin from Calgary. I don't know if that made any sense. I've got Calgary finishing first in the West at uh, something like a nine and five. I've got uh in second in the West, a team that uh, made the crossover spot last year, I think it's going to be well improved this year, the Edmonton Elks. I've got in second it, with a, I'm trying to do math live on the podcast is never good, uh, eight and six record something, one win back of Calgary. I've got in third place, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, at an, also an eight and six record, so tied there, but uh Edmonton winning the, the tiebreaker in fourth place. Uh, I've got the BC lions at a seven and seven record. And in last place, please don't come with pitchforks and torches. Uh, I have the Saskatchewan rough riders at a uh, six and eight season. So kind of two, three wins separating first from last in this division. But uh, I, I think just all the injuries and retirements and everything uh, is going to take Saskatchewan a couple games to uh, start gelling. Uh, I know you did send to me last weekend some comments from Dave, uh, uh, Craig Dickinson, sorry, that's Saskatchewan's coach, uh, about how his team's compete level and practice didn't really seem to be there. I'm a little worried early on about Saskatchewan. So in a tight West division, Look, I got to put somebody in last. I think it's the Riders. All right. Well, I've made my decision that it's not based on anything uh, that you said, Ryan. Uh, this is how I feel, uh, obviously. Uh, with a 14-game season, I have this team winning 10 games. Uh, the West will be going through. The Brett to come, the Brett Field at Commonwealth. I think the Elks will finish first in the West. I think the stamp. Uh, so the Elks will be about ten and four, nine and five. Uh, don't worry though. I, I do have Calgary taking a home game. It'll just be second place. Um, so yeah, it'll be about a nine and five record, maybe eight and six. I have the Bombers finishing third at eight and six or seven and seven. Uh, I have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders finishing fourth. Uh, but they will get into the playoffs by virtue of a crossover. And I have the BC Lions uh, finishing fifth. Uh, not worse than the Ottawa uh, Red Blacks, but I think BC is going to be 
when all of a sudden done one or two games out of the playoffs. And I, I just think uh, they're going to lose too many games to Calgary, too many games to Saskatchewan, uh, too many games to Winnipeg, and too many games to uh, Calgary. And then, of course, the, the, the games against the East are few and far between for BC. So I think that they're just more a victim of their schedule, uh, more so than anything. But again, again, a competitive team, BC, I think it's going to be one of those last place teams that is going to lose a lot of one possession football games and have to find a way to get a, a defensive stop. And I, I just think there's some offenses that they're going to play that are going to capitalize on some last drive victories um, as well. And for the Bomber fans wondering why I didn't put the champs in first place, uh, the only concern on their roster that I have is quarterback. Um, I'm not quite sold on the concept that Zach Kalas can stay healthy for a season. I, I think there's a bit of a problem, uh, contrary to what the Bombers say in their facility, uh, if uh, they should have to turn to Sean McGuire or go even further down the depth chart with a completely unproven player. Uh, reasonably comfortable with Saskatchewan. I think they're going to do enough offensively to carry their defense. Uh, for Calgary, I think, yeah, it's going to come down to that season series uh, with, with uh, the Alberta teams. And I, I just think Edmonton has done just enough uh, to go and finish first, and then Calgary dips that home playoff game. Model of consistency franchise, and they'll finish second. Right. Yeah, no, good, very good takes on all of those teams there. Uh, I forgot to clarify before, I do not have a crossover this year. Uh, I think, like I said, I think uh, BC will finish fourth at 7-7. Seven and seven. I think Montreal will finish third in the East at 7-7. Seven and seven. I think the West team will miss the crossover by one game by virtue of having to have a better record, not just a tie with the East division there. So uh, that is how we see the regular season shaping up. Uh, which two teams do you have in the Grey Cup and who is your preseason Grey Cup champion, Mike? Well, here's it oddly enough. I have a Grey Cup matchup, a Grey Cup rematch from 19 in the East final, which is going to be won by Hamilton. Hamilton will win the East and take on the Calgary Stampeders. It's going to be Hamilton and Calgary. And there's going to be one big, 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 big party at Tim Hortons Field when uh, Hamilton walks over the finish line and uh, is great up champs. I like it. I like it. I'm going with Hamilton to come out of the East as well. Uh, and out West, again, another toss up. I do like the Calgary pick, uh, but I'm going with Edmonton. Uh, Elks go into the finals in their first year as the renamed franchise, but you know, I'm going to give this to the Thai Cats fans out there. It was uh, it was a tough day in that Grey Cup in 19. It was a glorious day as the drought ended here. I want to see that drought finally end for the Thai Cats fans as well. Uh, and I think they have the roster there to do it this year. So give me Hamilton over Edmonton in the 2021 Grey Cup. Those are our predictions for the season. 
Um, week one kicks off next week or whenever you're listening to this, because uh, it will probably come out over the weekend. Maybe it's this week already by the time you're listening to this. Uh, this will be our last episode before the first games of the season, uh, just because we thought about doing a week one preview, but we kind of realized all the things we're going to say about each of these matchups are things we've already talked about on our season preview shows. Uh, so we figured, uh, enjoy a bit of a longer weekend off and then we'll get right back into talking about the games themselves. So uh, just to round out this show, Mike, let's go through the week one matchups, give our picks for that at least. And uh, then we'll call it a day here and get ready to watch some football. So uh, lo- long time coming. Absolutely. Everything kicks off at IG Field. Gray Cup rematch. Winnipeg, Hamilton. Uh, CFL pick them. Pick trend 64% in favor of Winnipeg. Who are you taking in the Gray Cup rematch? I'm going against the pit. I like Hamilton to spoil the party. I think there's just too much pressure. There's too much uncertainty. Hamilton wins a shootout. 45-42 over the bottom at IG Field. Oh, boy. It's an offensive affair. I, I'm i going Winnipeg. Uh, I, I think it's one of those games where it's it's going to be an emotional game. I think the crowd is going to be loud. I mean, they're, they're projecting a potentially sold-out stadium. First game in two years, raising the banner. I, I, I think the home field advantage there is possibly bigger than it's ever been before uh, in a game between two well-contested teams. I think it will be close as well, but I'm taking the Bombers for the win. Uh, next we go uh, BC Saskatchewan in Saskatchewan. Pick trend 85% in favor of the Riders. Well, give me the upset here. Uh, I'm high on what BC's done this off season. I'm uh, worried about the depth issues for Saskatchewan right now. Uh, I think they'll get it together as season goes along, but uh, give me BC in week one. Yeah, I'm feeling much the same way, but part of me thinks that party in Ryderville is going to lift the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to a major victory. It's going to be a close one. I'm saying 25-21 Saskatchewan. All right, moving on to the Saturday doubleheader. It kicks off Calgary and Toronto. Uh, Two teams that should be very familiar with one another because we do have a lot of former Stampeders moving over to Toronto. Uh, To be fair, we have a lot of former everyone moving over to Toronto uh, this season with all the off-season signings. 86% of people seem to be in favor of Calgary at home over Toronto. Uh, What is your pick? Yeah, I, I, I much concur with this. I think there's a question mark at quarterback when it comes to Toronto. won't be announced till the day before the game. We found out uh, today I, I'm sticking with my trend. I'm picking the Calgary Stampeders at home. I think there's just a little bit of unfamiliarity with the Argos. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a close game, but I think Calgary's going to win. Look, number one rule of CFL Pick'em is, uh, for me at least, is normally take Calgary at home. Uh, so I'm doing that again. I, I, I'm high on the Argos for this year, uh, but week one, uh, with all the question marks of what two years off brings and all the changes in Toronto, uh, give me the tried and true Calgary at home. Uh, and then finally, uh, another battle between two teams who love to send players back and forth. Uh, the Edmonton Elks hosting the Ottawa Red Blacks. 
83% uh, of people are in favor of Edmonton here. I'm going to side again with the uh, with the crowd. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Edmonton to win, uh, obviously, high on them this season, what they've done. Ottawa, kind of the, really kind of the same thing as the Calgary-Toronto matchup. Uh, sure, they've made some moves, but uh, it seems like a risky pick uh, in week one, which, I mean, if I go back to last year, I believe I took uh, Ottawa over Calgary in week one for some reason, and that turned out to be true. And Ottawa started 2-0, so they could surprise us. But I'm taking Edmonton this time. I think Trevor Harris is going to have a field day with all of his new toys in his offense. Yeah, I think, Ryan, this is going to be the most lopsided team in the week, 10 to 17 point deficit. Uh, sorry, Paul Police, your coaching debut in Ottawa is not going to go very well. Um, I'm picking the outs to start one and all. All right, that does it. Those are our picks for week one. We have our picks for the season. Uh, we'll start looking back at these and I'm sure laugh in a couple weeks about how wrong we were. That's the whole point of doing them. Uh, eventually, maybe we'll actually be correct. Um, Mike, before we close things out, uh, anything you want to talk about or anything you want to plug? Uh, no, just... Um... Just enjoying uh, getting ready for uh, CFL football. It's hard to believe that it's going to be happening soon. Uh, I would encourage people to uh, go out and support the Bombers and their banner raising. Uh, I know they have a lot of stuff planned for that day. Um, you know what? It's just going to be great to get football back on the field. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Uh, check out Mike's daily live show on YouTube as well, or Facebook at Game Time TV, a little sports afternoon show every day. Uh, always a great uh, watch. I enjoy it myself. Uh, so I recommend checking that out. You can follow Mike on Twitter as well, at Mike Garrell. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42. Uh, you can find the... Uh, the Canadian Football Fantasy Fix uh, on YouTube. Uh, so check out, uh, it should be coming out uh, shortly before week one, help you set your lineups. Although like uh, we said last week, please don't go to Vegas on anything we say. Uh, and check out uh, our podcast on Twitter at CFC on Mike FM. Subscribe, share on all the podcast platforms. Leave us a review, that's always nice. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. We always appreciate it. We hope you enjoy this ride with us throughout the 2021 season. Check out the Canadian Football Podcast Network and all the other great shows there as well uh, at CF Pod Network on Twitter. And uh, we're all going to be talking a lot of CFL all season long. So it should be a great time. So, so excited that football is back. And next time we talk to you here, We'll be recapping actual games. Uh, can't wait for it. Enjoy week one. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.